super duty tough work. The most infamous podcast, Planet Earth. Mm -hmm. They know how we do. They know how we do it. (laughs) Gems, jewels, bars and whatnot. Every single week. Brand new episode. Although not every week lately, you know, but you know, <laughs> we do our best. Yeah. Consistent. We're still consistent though. Yeah. When yeah, we look yeah. at the grand scheme of podcasts, we may not be every week like we was for a minute. We still got mega, mega, mega episodes. Right. And we still got, we're doing a lot more than a lot of cats. So we still active in this John. You know, but life happens. But in between that, your boys be doing music word so uh what we gonna do this week is we gonna do a follow-up episode to last week's episode which got some good feedback um so last week's episode we talked about uh tips for producers composition tips and we got a lot of good feedback on the social medias and so this week we want to talk about bonus tips for music producers. Bonus Johns, extra Johns, if you will. So if you are a music producer, you might be at home right now. Firing up that record player. Firing up that sampler. Pulling that record out that sleeve. Mm-hmm. Putting the needle to it. We know. It's time. You can put this podcast on while you do that facts one of the beautiful things about super duty tough work is you can listen to us while you create but yeah we're gonna do some bonus tips man but how you doing today mr illogic i'm doing good man so it's early you know what i'm saying early morning it is early um (laughs) but now i'm good man it's sunday i'm off work tomorrow you know oh shit lucky you yeah I, i go on vacation next saturday what yeah i'm taking a week off bro oh shit first vacation of my working career oh snap really first days off i ain't taking a day off since i started working in december mm. i just be grinding jack trying to get this money and yeah. so uh you taking some time off man it's gonna be needed and uh you know head south oh you're going to see the see the moms yeah moms i'm gonna stop in orlando See my okay. peeps down there, and see my family, and uh, my sister, my niece, and I was in uh, Pensacola. So I'm gonna just do the little southern loop and come back up, kind of like a week. But yeah, man, looking forward to it. Word, you know. But uh, you know, to everybody out there listening, if you dug last last week's episode, we got more little gems and jewels this week. Small little things that should hopefully help your productivity. And so uh, we'll take a break and we'll be right back. Word. We got you stuck off the realness. The most infamous. You heard of us. Official podcast murderers. The show comes equipped with few points to share. Grown man ideas for all those who care and want to grow. So go ahead and download every single week with a brand new episode. You're not alone in this world, cousin. So we share information and honest discussion and keep repping the culture like we supposed to. They spread gossip, but they never come closer. I can hear it inside their tone. They talk about the industry but never left their home you get laced up 
with bullet points and such plus empowering topics that they never would touch you can put your whole network against the team but super duty tough works the mvp most valuable podcast on mp3 priceless info but all of it's free huh. so take these words home and think them through super duty tough work is coming at you now listening to Super Duty Tough Work with your host, Blueprint, raw and uncut, adult conversations, no shucking, no jiving, and no bullshit. Alright folks, we're back. Super Duty Tough Work, the most infamous podcast on planet Earth, Blueprint, Illogic, hitting you with, you know, tips jewels all that this week we talking about bonus tips for music producers we are both in addition to being rappers we are both music producers and uh you know we have certain things we do and certain things we've learned over the years and i have many myself and so we're trying to get some of these jewels out there into the universe mm-hmm. so that this can improve your shit too and if you're on twitter you know or the gram and you have some jewels that maybe we didn't talk about hit us with them uh on there you know shit there might be a whole other episode and fan uh bonus tips oh that'd be that, nice that we don't have you know and so uh yeah we're gonna get it started with the number one tip and these are not in order of priority or anything like that but this tip i'm gonna call it keep it in the family and this kind of goes with the composition thing that we talked about uh last week there's this thing that happens now that didn't used to happen back in the days where you write a melody or something and you then spend like hours fine tuning, searching for sounds, mm-hmm. trying to pick the right patch mm-hmm. for one sound. Yeah. And you can do this shit for hours. VST after VST synth after synth pad after pad lead after lead all of this shit just to find one sound now that's just one you still mm-hmm. got other elements you gotta find right they didn't do that back in the day no back in the day they didn't do that because they were working in boxes that had a finite number of sounds right that number of sounds is the family mm-hmm. that's the family if you want your shit to sound consistent keep it in the family so like if a guy had a yamaha dx or something he would play the bass on there mm-hmm. he might play the lead on there mm-hmm. he might play some chords on there but he what he didn't do was he didn't go through thirty thousand patches <laughs> to find one fucking lead sound and what happens now is because we got so many more sounds it adds all this time to the process. Sound mm. selection is an art in and of itself now. Right. And uh, But what I notice is that you can find dope sounds, but there's no guarantee they're going to go together texture-wise if they're from different sources. Right. So the best thing you can do, and that I've had a lot of success with, is once you find that first thing, choose the rest of your things from that family of things, if you will. You know, mm-hmm. like if it's a, I don't know, a fucking uh, base station or if it's a fucking, uh, you know, I used to do this a lot when I had my uh, micro cord. 
like the majority of Avengers Encounter Culture was micro Korg. Mm. And even though I had a bunch of VSTs then, I still chose the micro Korg because I found that when I took pads off there and mixed them with the leaves off there, and it all just blended better because they were from the same family. Yeah, and it's the same quality. Yes. Yes. You know, like you have certain VST where like a patch will sound good, but then it won't sound that good when you put it next to something that's you know a little more expensive and nice. Right, right, right. This sound kind of corny all of a sudden. This sound ain't hitting like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, to, if you were a producer out there, I mean, it's not always possible, but don't think you that getting a bunch of VST sense with a million patches is the answer to sound selection. It's actually the opposite. Just tone it down and keep the shit in the family if you can. Yeah, usually when I'm composing, playing, I use the same VST for all of the elements. I'll switch patches here and there. Yeah. But, you know, I have my go-tos when it's like, okay, I'm I'm making a lead. You know, I'm doing a lead. I'm doing a pad. I'm doing, mm-hmm. like, there's certain VSTs that I go to for those things. Now, I'll use different patches for different beats, so I won't be mm-hmm. making the same damn beat all the time. But to make sure that the quality, the sound, you know, the punch, all of that stuff is the same or similar, I have like probably a group about five or six that I use regularly. Yeah. You know, and then when I'm making a a track, I'll, you know, concentrate on one or two that I know blend well together because I've worked with them, you know, so, so much, so much. But yeah, yeah, man, have you have your family, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And and maybe I guess this is also commentary on not buying too much gear, you Mm -hmm. know, keeping it simple in that sense, because the temptation and we've all been through it is to go buy as much shit as possible so mm-hmm. you can have options but sometimes it can be overwhelming like i got this um <clears throat> what is it this arturia let me see if i can grab it real quick <clears throat> this joint this arturia v collection shit uh uh-huh. number one this shit look like some microsoft product when you get it this this thing right here probably weighs 20 pounds dude mm. it got a manual for every joint in here Oh, it's all the manuals for all the all the uh yeah yeah, yeah. it's fucking thick. You know? That V collection ain't cheap. No, <laughs> but the quality is banging. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I sold. Remember, I sold all my hardware since. Mm-hmm. I sold all that. And the money I took from that, I bought V collection with. Yeah, but the downside of V collection is, man, you get lost in the motherfucking patches, man. <laughs> so much. <laughs> you be in I'll- it. Dude. I don't even have V collection, but you know I have a couple ulterior <laughs> um, joints, and yeah. just with what I have, yeah. like I haven't even tapped the surface of of all the shit that I got. It's overwhelming, dude. I got yeah. it. I didn't know it was gonna be like that. Yeah, I be like, damn, I kind of be missing my microcorg and my little uh, <laughs> trike and shit. Like, damn, because <laughs> it was limited. It was mm-hmm. limited. It made you work what you had. This shit is unlimited. Mm-hmm. It's literally thousands of fucking leads for any fucking instrument they got. They got like eight or ten different instruments in this motherfucker, and it's like each one got thousands of sounds. Mm-hmm. Who got time to go through all that, man? Right. <laughs> I don't, you know. So you know, keep it in the family if you can. Take it from me; it can be overwhelming. You get too many. That's tip number one. Bonus tip number two, one. Bonus tip number two. It is use octaves for depth Mm. this is a jewel that everyone learns eventually 
But there is a way you make something, you create a sound or a melody that you like, and it just don't sound full. Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah, it sounds great. I love the melody, but it, and then you feel like you just need to keep adding to it. So then you add this thing and that thing. You add all these different things doing different stuff. And the chances are you probably didn't even need to do that. All right. Like all you really needed to do was maybe copy that melody, lower it an octave, put it in the background. Mm-hmm. I do this shit so much and it works. You can, you can drop it an octave, put it in the background, throw reverb on it. Yeah. Cut the highs out. Yeah. Then it's just back there, just kind of low, but it just sounds like it's adding depth, you know? Mm-hmm. I do that shit all the time, man. Um, it works with damn near everything. Yeah, it does. You know, and, and I also think it might also work with sampling. Like, it's not it just the playing thing. And sampling, you do it too, right? Like, yo, this sample don't sound thick enough. Let me think of this. Let me drop this mm-hmm. octave and put it back there and let it kind of thicken this shit. Uh, because it's really hard sometimes to create texture with non-sampled stuff. Mm-hmm. And so this is kind of a trick to create more texture for those of you who are are looking for that. Yeah, sometimes what I do, I'll take a sample and I'll resample it. I'll take all the highs out, drop it down an octave and throw a little bit of distortion on it mm-hmm. and throw it in the background just to give it, you know, like you said, give it some texture, give it some, you know, even some movement a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, just to add a little, to sprinkle a little something to make it, you know, shine a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And and as we talked about last week, you can also slide it around. Yeah. Move it around. You ain't got to have it hit right at the exact same time as the one that your, your main one. You, know, you can slide it back just a millisecond or two so people can faintly hear it in the background. But it's not mm-hmm. the, the main focus. But octaves are good for anything, you know, and I've been using them a lot the last couple of weeks since I got back to to composing more. You know, so many times I'm sitting on beat like, yo, it's just missing something. Mm-hmm. It's just missing something. The line is great. What, what's it missing? Then I'm like, oh, why don't I just have this instrument play it an octave up? Mm-hmm. Or I'll make a copy and have it play an octave down and put it in the background. And it fixes everything. Yeah. You know, um, only thing you probably do have to watch out for when you do that is make sure that the one that you put an octave below, you got to watch the EQ on that one. Yeah, so it don't make it muddy. Ooh, that shit'll be deep in the subs. You be like, this yeah, shit yeah. is making everything muddy and fucked yeah. up. So you gotta be careful with that one that you drop down there. But in general, uh, it's a good practice. That's number two. Number three, this is just a digging tip for people who dig, whether you dig virtually or whether you dig um, you know, conventionally with the records and stuff. And this is something that I notice all the time. And people be like, yo, why don't you like listening to, why don't you dig virtually and digitally and shit? And my biggest complaint about digging digitally versus listening to a record is I can look at the groove on a record. And I think that's why some people kind of uh, don't enjoy digging for records. They haven't really learned how to read the grooves to kind of speed up the process. Mm-hmm. And so for those of you at home who don't really dig records, what, what we do, guys like us do, is we always listen to the beginning of the, rec- of the song. Mm-hmm. We always listen to the end of the song. Yep. And then we immediately jump to any groove changes where it gets real thin. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> this is how you scan it first. This is your first scan. You're going to go through. You're going to play the beginning. You got to play the beginning to see what, the, what they're doing. 
Right, right. Okay. Then you want, if it's dope, you want to go to the end. Let me see if they gave me some jewels there. Mm-hmm. You know. Okay, now let me, you get up and you scan the grooves. And what them grooves look like. Every time you see a groove that's, that's thin, you gotta, that's where the music is breaking down, where it's getting right. sparse. You want to focus on the grooves. And I know this is probably common sense to everybody who's been digging for a long time, but trust me, it's a whole new generation of cats who have probably have never sampled a record before out there. Right. Right. And they and they not don't got the patience to sit and do what we did or to learn this shit. Ain't got nobody to tell them, focus on the grooves, dog. Mm-hmm. You know? And we learn this shit over years, but the grooves can tell you everything you need to know. Like if some songs you can tell they're too fucking busy just by looking at the grooves. <laughs> right, right. Right. I can't sample nothing on it. Look at this. The groove is just thick as hell because it never breaks. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, just I'm not really going to listen to this whole fucking song. Right. You know, whereas some songs, it's just nothing but groove changes and breakdowns and shit. You can just look at it with your eyes. You ain't got to hear it. You're like, oh, this okay. Mm-hmm. I got to take my time with this one. Let me listen to this whole song because they got a lot of groove changes. And after you scan the grooves, then you can go back and listen to the whole thing and, and kind of figure it out. But, you know, Record grooves are your friend. Yeah, definitely. That's number three. And so uh, we'll take a break and we'll be right back. Work. This is your weekly reminder that we have two books that you, as a listener or watcher of this podcast, need to absolutely own. The first is The 10 Traits of Successful Hip Hop Artists. And the second is The Social Media Cheat Code. Both of these books were released within the last year. The 10 Traits of Successful Hip Hop Artists is a book where I go through the stories and explain the traits that uh, are behind the success of some of the biggest names in hip hop today. Um, The book has got nothing but amazing feedback. And if you are an artist, business person, whatever you do, if you would like to be inspired and would like to learn more about hip hop, along the way and also see some some reinforcement of the concepts that we talk about on this podcast the 10 traits of successful hip-hop is for you second book is the social media cheat code that is for everyone who listens to this podcast who does not uh, consider themselves an expert or really good at social media it's not for super experienced people it's actually for people who are on social media but are not getting the results you need so what we did is i broke down like 12 or 13 strategies that I use all the time that actually work really well for me. I put it into book. I gave you examples and I tell you how to implement it. That's a book you absolutely need as a listener to this podcast, watcher this podcast. If you're on YouTube, supporting these books actually goes a long way towards supporting the podcast. So uh, to support the show, if you like what we do, obviously we don't necessarily get paid to do this shit. So support the products and services that we create. And these two books are a big part of that. We appreciate your support. And uh, back to the show. All right, folks, we back. Super Duty Tough Work, Blueprint, Illogic, back here doing a damn thing. This is bonus tips for music producers this week. Follow up on last week's episode. And um, we got three down. We're on tip number four. And this is one for that I didn't start doing until I started fucking with uh, Ableton Moore. And this is default templates. I still don't do this. What? Yeah, I don't. I don't. You wild as hell, man. I got a couple templates, but I sometimes I like to start from scratch. You know, but I don't you know. still start from scratch. Yeah, I I, just, I don't know. It's just I I don't know because I don't use yeah. all the same shit all the time. 
Yeah, you know well, what I'm saying? For my process, for those of you at home, default templates, what it is, is before we get you and I get too deep into okay. it. <laughs> before we dive too deep yeah, into it, like, what are they talking about? Without the concept. Right. The, the default template is okay. So, in Ableton, for example, and many other uh, workstations where you can produce, you have the ability to save your current song as a default template, mm-hmm. meaning every time you, you start a new song, it starts with whatever you have loaded in your there as your default so for me my default template is a drum kit which is a kick snare hi-hat basic mm-hmm. that's one track my second track is a um grand piano mm-hmm. that's it my third track in my default template is just an audio track that i can automatically drag a sample to mm-hmm. that's it mm-hmm. last night i added some shit to my default drum thing just some percussion sounds and some rides that I really like and I'm tired of looking for all the fucking mm. time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because rides, you can find a fucking hi-hat, but a nice little ride, a nice little tss, Yeah. Tss, you know what I mean? Yeah. Real crispy sound, organic. Like, I'd be tired of looking for them motherfuckers. So I added some of those to my default drum kit. But what this does, it works for me because and it, it also set like my tempo. My default mm-hmm. tempo is 80. Um, I also have like, um, you know, Ableton allows you to have clips. So you typically start in clips. I have four clips loaded that are automatically four bars in length. So I don't have to set my bar length when I'm making my initial sequence. I know mm-hmm. it's going to be four bars. So I don't just start recording and then it messes up my shit. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do I put in my default template? That might be the main things. But basically what I'm doing there is because I know at some point, I'm going to need a kick snare hi-hat. At some point, I'm going to be playing, no matter what I'm doing, I'm either going to be messing with a sample, chopping it, or I'm going to be playing something. The the piano on my track one is just so that as soon as I hit new track, bling, sounds is coming. I'm not getting into the sound search thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I can immediately find a melody or whatever is in my head faster. Um, And I've got it set up to where it's automatically going to record a four bar. Uh, sequence or clip for me and then you know the sample the, the the audio track is just so that if i ain't playing and i just want to pop it over there it's good to go mm-hmm. um they're kind of a new thing like people haven't been i never thought about it in the past mm-hmm. but my style of production is pretty much i have my process down you know and so because i usually start at the piano or i'm either starting at the piano or i'm chopping something that's it so my default template allows me to do that. Now, whatever you do at home, for those of you listening, you should come up with a default template that fits what you do. Mm-hmm. Maybe because uh, everybody's workflow is different. Some people start, you know, maybe you play bass. Some people start with the baseline. Yeah. So if you start with the baseline, maybe you just want your a track number one. It's got your favorite default generic bass. Mm-hmm. that when you hear it you want to just start fingering and playing with shit okay yeah this is my jam right here because if you know that 90 percent of the time you start with bass it pays to have a you don't want to be spending this time looking for your bases and shit like that just have it loaded just in case you you ready to compose in that manner and so uh default templates man that's my shit i can't believe you don't do it man you need to get up on that something wrong with you well i do i do have i have a mixing template so like yeah. when i load my stuff usually all the shit that i use to mix yeah. is preloaded yeah, but as far as instruments, I don't. I usually don't because 
you know, sometimes I'm doing samples, sometimes I'm doing this, sometimes I'm doing me, that. Me too. And, me too. Yeah, and but it's <laughs> and even when I even when because I I do have like I said I have my family of you know VSTs that I use. Yeah. But you know sometimes I venture outside of that and yeah. I, I just like starting from scratch with all the sounds and stuff. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's weird. I've, yeah. I've I got some templates that I've saved, mm -hmm. but I don't really use them that often unless I you know. Yeah. Cause I have them labeled to a, to a place where I know, like, okay, maybe I'm gonna start here. You know, this is what yeah. I'm feeling today. You know, I might use them here and there, but for the most part, I usually don't use them. Yeah, I'm gonna give you about six months, man. You're gonna be using. <laughs> we gonna do a follow up on this episode, y'all, and Logic's gonna be using templates at that point. <laughs> I'm gonna be on his head every week. Hey, you using them templates yet? <laughs> Come on, I man. Know it, I know it would speed up my workflow though. That's if that's I, the thing. You know what I'm saying? I, I know I probably could, you know, like you said, get rid of the the VST search and the patch search and all that. Mm -hmm. You know, start with something basic like piano. Yeah. You know, maybe a piano, a bass sound that I use normally. And, mm -hmm. you know, I could always switch shit out. You know what yeah. I mean? That's the so, thing, because it all gets switched out. Like, everything that I start with is never what I finish with, because it's just a generic. And I don't even use a, a nice VST piano. Mm -hmm. I use the cheapest, fastest one to load. That's the easiest on the processor. Yeah. And I can vote because I don't want to be slowing shit down. I don't want to be worried about my CPU getting crazy right? while I'm just fucking around trying to write something. And so, uh, but yeah, you at home, use them, use them, use them, use them. They'll, they'll help you a lot. That's tip number four. Bonus tip. Bonus tip number five. Naming conventions. This is what we would call it in IT and information systems. You're naming conventions. I don't know what people call them out here in music, mm -hmm. but you studied information. You know. Yeah. Naming conventions are mad important. Yeah. Naming convention is the scheme or the philosophy that you use to name your files, to save your data. And you choose a philosophy that allows you to search. Yes. And find exactly what you're needing when you need it yes a lot of y'all out there you save shit and it don't have no name or nothing that describes what the fuck it is and you be like i wonder why i can't find this beat because your ass doesn't know how to name your fucking shit you have no naming conventions <laughs> your shit is terrible when i first started when i was sampling yeah i just saved shit like drum or you know just random <laughs> dumb shit yeah just random <laughs> dumb shit and then i could never figure out why so i i adapted a naming convention for you know saving my samples now yeah. you know because even just saving stuff without the record name you know yep. what i'm saying or without yep. the song name yeah you know like i have a i have a whole filing convention now you yeah. know what i'm saying to how i even file my samples in my folders yeah. so I can know what record they come from, what song it is, what the tempo is, mm -hmm. all of that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's very I, important. I used to not be able to find <laughs> nothing. <laughs> and you know what? When, when you first start, it don't matter. Right. Like it, saying, doesn't, it doesn't matter because you ain't got a million fucking samples. You ain't got right. that much shit. So right. yeah. Kick 01. <laughs> yeah. You only got three kicks. Right, 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 right. It don't matter. You know what I mean? Right. Piano loop 12, that's fine. <laughs> right. You ain't got but 13 piano loops. Right. 25 samples. Mm -hmm. When you start filling up that hard drive, when you start really, really getting your sounds up, you got to have a naming convention that works. Like mine is basically artist name first, 
this is for just samples. I have artist name or abbreviation. It got to be their full name, you know, mm-hmm. as long as it's got like their last name or something that I could identify them with. You know what I'm saying? Like if it's like Patula Clark, I could just put Patula. Yeah, there's only one Patula out there. Right. You know right. what I mean? And then um, underscore. Mm-hmm. Then the next one is uh, if, if, if I sample multiple things off that records, song name. Yep, yep, an abbreviation yep. for the song name then another underscore and then some sort of description of it if it's just if it's got just a prominent thing where it's like you know piano voice mm-hmm. uh singing mm-hmm. uh background noises mm-hmm. uh talking yeah bass line then i'll put that in there last and that's it but that allows me to like, if I got multiple things, I, I'll know which song I got it from in case I ever go back and fi- need to use it, find that sample. I can tell by the song. I know the name. I know the song. I don't have an album name, but at least I know I only have so many of that person's albums. It'll be on one of their albums that I got. And that kind of helps me get to it. And then I can search the last part by the instrument or whatever I may be looking for. You know, yeah, see, I do mine the opposite way. I do instrument first, mm-hmm. song name, artist. And then I'll do album too. Okay, so album, I, I usually have a long yeah at the end. Yeah. So I do mine a little backwards just so I can search the instruments that I want first. And then if I have to go back, you know what I'm saying yeah. to the record, then I can look like okay, it's from this record, that song, that artist. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, now that's dope as well. Yeah, and however you decide to do it at home, we ain't gonna tell you exactly how to do it. Mm-hmm. But do it we works just, for you. Yeah, do it works for you. What's important is that you do it. You have to do it sooner than later, because what's going to happen is you're going to get to the point to where when you really start getting your samples up, you really start getting your beats up. You ain't going to be able to find nothing. Yeah. You're going to have a bunch of samples that ain't named properly. You can't tell where. And maybe you lose a beat and you try to figure out where did I get that sample from? Yeah, exactly. You can't even remember because you ain't never looked at it and known the name of the sample. You forgot as soon as you sampled it, you know, dope piano loop. You don't know who the artist is, <laughs> album, genre. Right. You don't know. It just is dope piano loop. That's it. Well, yeah. Can you find that motherfucker again? No, you can't. You have no idea. You know, and so um, get on top of your naming conventions. Find something that works for you. But I think the things like we we're saying that are kind of important is the artist and or album. Um, you know, if you need if you search by instruments, instruments, you know what I'm saying? And um, those things are 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 highly important because that's gonna tell you what you go back and find and go and need to find. You know, especially if you're sampling, you might need to find it for any number of reasons. Maybe you want to go back and pull more stuff off that same song. Yeah. You know, uh, but you can't do that if you don't have it named properly. Yeah. Uh, so that's number five. Tip number six. Tip number six, and this goes along with number five, and this is tagging and color labeling now this is something that i know is built into mac i think i don't know if they got it on windows i don't use my windows pc too much for that but the concept is simple the concept is that on mac um you can assign colors to files Mm. and so it's got like maybe 10 or 20 colors and if you do like your your left click It'll have a drop down of every of all the actions, you know, typically that you can do with a file. And at Mm -hmm. the very end, it's got like it says tagging and it's got a bunch of colors. Mm. You can use this to categorize things in your at the file system level, not even within like your DAW or your sampler. 
And so you can look and be like, okay, I want to categorize all my drum kits with orange. Anytime I put this here, I'm gonna put an orange there. Then you ain't got to search for drum kits, kicks, all this other stuff. You can do it by color. And then without even going into your thing, your, your sampler, you can be organizing your files, which is pretty fucking dope. I don't use it enough. And you can search by colors and categorize by colors and order by colors in your file system. Um, but it's really dope. Now, Ableton now has that, I think on version 11 or 10, they added the ability to do the same kind of thing. The only issue is that uh, they only got like five colors. Six mm. colors. That's not going to help. <laughs> I didn't use six. I got six. They gone. I used all six of mine. I, I'm trying to think of what I use my six on. But, you know, I wish they had like 20 colors. So you can name a, a like a collection. Mm-hmm. And so like I, one of my collection is I got favorites. I got orange is chop later. That's what I use orange for. Uh, <laughs> Yellow is vocal sample. Mm. Uh, green is sample replay. Mm. <laughs> Blue is five star sample. <laughs> Anything I get that blue color to is incredible. Mm. <laughs> Purple is breaks, the best breaks. Mm. And then gray is just percussion that I really yeah. like. And I don't feel like looking for again. Like I'll stumble on it in a break. Oh, I need to remind myself to. Put that somewhere. Okay. You know, purple or, or the white, the gray joint. But um, that's how it works inside Ableton. But you can do the same thing without Ableton at the file system level if you got Mac. Um, now, I ain't been on Windows in forever. I don't know. They might have somebody, something on there. Somebody correct me. You know, this, this PC. Not that I know of. I, I'm, a, okay. I'm on Windows and I don't, I, I, I've never seen it. You ain't it, seen so, it? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it probably don't exist on there. Because, uh, yeah, like this PC that I record, this show on is really the only one that I use and i ain't used a pc in 10 15 years prior to that so i'm not completely completely sharp on that as far as the thing but i take your word for that if you ain't seen it it probably ain't there Mm. um but if you on mac or anything like that then the color labeling and tag and uh the tagging categories on at the at the system level like in your file organizer thing is real dope and then inside ableton you can do it with the colors in there um you can just and when you add a color to something, it just puts like a little tiny dot in that color next to the file name in Ableton. And then at that point, when you click on that color in your c- categories list, you know, it will uh, show you everything that you've put in there, you know, which is dope. So you don't have to even worry about it. And so you choose a color, name that color, get that color category like I did, like, you know, best breaks. And then as you're scrolling through your stuff, listen to samples. Oh, let me put this in that color. Let me put this in that thing. And then eventually, eventually, you know, you're going to have some powerful shit because you ain't got to search at all. Yeah, I just looked again. It's not there for Windows. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> okay, so that's number six. Okay, let's take a break and we'll be right back. Where? Quick announcement. Over the years, we've frequently been asked by the listeners of our show if we would ever open up our platform to the public for advertising. We've always been interested in doing it, but in the past we never had the systems in place to make it work properly. I'm proud to announce that we are now officially accepting advertising from the public on Super Duty Tough Work. Meaning, if you are a business owner 
or an artist and would like to create more awareness about your product, service, or release on our platform, we're now in a position to be able to do that. For more information, email us at superdutytoughwork at weightless.net. That's superdutytoughwork at weightless.net. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you would like to promote, and we'll get back to you as soon as possible about whether it's a good fit and go from there. Thanks for your time. Back to the show. Two joints left. Super duty tough work. More tips from using producers. Number seven tip, bonus tip, is have a favorites list. This kind of goes along. Super important. <laughs> you know, this goes along with the last three that we had. You know, the default templates, the naming conventions, the color labeling it. A favorites list is very, very important. Like my favorites list probably only got 10, 20 things in it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Max, it's got like my my piano that's easy to load and low on CPU. It's got like my favorite delay. You know what I mean? That I just like throwing on shit just to get it started. Um, It's got like my favorite reverb. reverb. And it's, it's just got maybe 10 things in it. But it's things that I always use. Mm-hmm. Every beat, there's probably like 10 plugins I always fucking use. Um, and so like in Ableton, you has a you can just create a favorites list, and that's basically for me, I, I use the red tag for that. And anything I put in that red with a red tag, that's my favorite. So I can just click on that as soon as I get in. And anything I'm looking for as I'm looking, as I'm making a beat, I can just drag and drop it. But we all have those kind of go-to VSTs and plugins and things that we use damn near every beat. Yeah, I have a favorites folder on my um, my FL Studio with the VSTs mm -hmm. I use normally. But even within VSTs, I have a favorites list of sounds that yeah. I like to use. So, you know, mm -hmm. my favorite bass or, you know, a couple basses out of this VST favorite violin sound you know so yeah. on and so forth yeah yeah you can do it there too so yeah like within arteria you can't necessarily oh, well certain they got like 10 plugins in that v collection but only a couple of them allow you to kind of rank the sounds mm -hmm. you know you can put the stars i think the the uh what's the one gosh i can't remember the name of it off the hand but it's one it's like you can basically it there's a category as it lists all these sounds mm -hmm. it has like five dots yeah I think you know what I'm talking about. Like, is it? Yep. Is, yep. And then you can basically, anytime I use one or find one I like, I'll then change it to like, I think they all default to two dots. Yeah. If I like it, I'll add a third dot. If I use it, I'll put five in there mm -hmm. and then I'll just order it by the number of dots, which is basically like number of stars, you know? Mm -hmm. And then within that, whenever you in that category, you can kind of go to the joints you've used before that you've already done the work. Because like we said, there's literally thousands of fucking sounds in here, man. Yeah, and you, and you can change the sounds. So they have yes. like each sound has its you know the knobs mm -hmm. where you can adjust and manipulate each sound to sound different every time you use it, even if it's the same sound. Yep, yep. And so it's good to be able to go straight to those as fast as possible because that is the the one of the biggest detriments in um, making music now with all this digital stuff is that it's just so many options. Yeah so many files so many patches and shit that where you will spend more time searching for sounds fine-tuning your sounds than you did actually like making the beat yeah and that don't make no sense it's like 
you should spend more of your time making the music than fine tuning the sounds going through 2000 patches. If you don't have to. All right. You know, so that's number seven. Last joint, last joint. Uh, and this is something, you know, we talked about off air before, but we're going to come back and talk about it now. And this tip is to stay connected. And by stay connected, I mean your studio studio. One of the things I didn't like about when I had my bigger space out there and the other part of my basement was that I just had gear on all different walls. I had some shit over there, some shit over there, some shit behind me. And it wasn't connected properly, you know? So whenever I wanted to use these two simps, I had to connect this and plug this into this and patch into that and then put the MIDI cable into there. And then <laughs> who wants to do all that shit? And what happened is it fucked up my workflow a lot, mm. you know? And that to me is one of the biggest bonuses of when you stop using a bunch of outboard gear. When you use a decent amount of outboard gear, take a day, a weekend, a week, a month, Mm-hmm. Whatever you got to do, take that time and make sure everything is plugged in at the same time and working together. Right. Because if you don't, you're going to be wasting a lot of fucking time every time it's time to make a fucking beat. Yeah, because you got to plug it in, make sure it works, make sure the, the signal flow is right, make sure it's recording correctly. Make sure, you know, all of that stuff when if you just take a day, week, whatever, depending on how much gear you got. Just making sure everything is working properly. So all you got to do is turn that bitch on. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And start playing. That's the that's the best way. And that, that way it'll, it won't mess up your workflow. Because you can mess up your whole day trying to hook up a piece of gear. Because, oh, oh I want to use this. And, oh, I ain't used it in a month. And it's sitting on a shelf. I got to plug it up. Make sure it works still. Yeah. Don't, don't let the motherfucker right. act, start acting funny. Oh, come like, on. Like, maybe it worked last time you used it. But this time it don't want to. Yeah. You don't want to make beats no more. Yeah. Fuck this. You know, but that I used to fall victim to that because that's when I had all them sense and mm-hmm. I would just, I didn't have everything connected right. Yeah. And that was always my, why well, I was like, you know what? Maybe this style ain't for me. Maybe I just need to be fucking with shit that's easier to connect and more integrated. And, um, you know, if you choose to go to outboard gear route, take as long as you need to connect your gear. Mm-hmm. Make sure it stays connected. Maybe you got to spend a little more money. Maybe you got to get that patch bay. You mm. got to get that out, that mixer. Maybe, maybe you got to get a couple extra things. Right. But when it's time to work, y- your workflow will be much improved if you stay connected. Yeah. Spend a lot. Spend good money on cords. Don't get the cheap cords. <laughs> yes, that's true. Spend some money on those gold plated tip joints. Yeah. You know, so your signal flow is right. You might mm-hmm. have to spend a little more coin, spend the thirty dollars on the cord instead of fifteen. You know, yes, yes, yes. Because yeah, that shit all matters. It yes. all matters if you're playing that outboard gear game. Like you, you gotta have good cabling. You gotta make sure your electric flow is right. You ain't overloading no shit. Yeah, you know, like everything. Some shit, you know, the the MIDI can be hit or miss on some of the older shit. So it's like. Mm-hmm. Make sure everything stays connected so you never have to go through that setup over and over and over and over again. Right. And so that's it. Word. That's it this week. Bonus tips for music producers. I'm going to read them back. Number one, keep it in the family. Number two, use octaves for depth. Number three, use the record grooves. Number four, default templates. Number five, naming conventions. Number six, color labeling or tagging categories. Number seven, favorites list and number eight stay connected 
that's it you know a little shorter episode this week but i hope y'all can dig it and uh i think that's it for this week see y'all next week Word. Peace. peace thank you for listening to super duty tough work subscribe to the podcast on itunes Follow the podcast on SoundCloud. Peace. Shoot, I got styles already that's more complex that nobody know about. I mean, super duty tough work. Huh?